Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. This week's episode features Autumn Bryant, a speech-language pathologist in private practice close to the Chicago area. Autumn has worked in a variety of settings and has finally settled on private practice. You guys are in for a treat with this episode because not only does Autumn talk about how she started her private practice and what kinds of clients she's going to be treating, but she also talks about how she intends to be paid and how she's developed multiple streams of income, which will help her uh, with any bumpy periods with referrals. So with no further ado, here's Autumn. Um, Before we get started, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? This is Autumn Bryant in Evanston, Illinois, just north of Chicago, calling from Griffin Speech Chartered. Fantastic. Very good. So Autumn, can you tell me a little bit about your background before you went into private practice? So um, I started my career in the schools, which is where I thought I would be permanently. (laughs) Um, I was in in schools and public schools with a mix of different age groups and different um, needs for the first eight years of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, I did all sorts of different programs. And then two years ago, I resigned from that position and went to an outpatient pediatric clinic. And then just one week ago, I resigned from that position. Awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Right. To pursue private practice, right? Exactly. (laughs) Beautiful. So that kind of leads me into my next question, which is at what point did you start thinking about private practice and what was it that really um, propelled you into going into that direction? So it was such a defining moment for me because, and it's interesting, I've read things about like generational differences and how we approach work and how older generations kind of felt like, okay, this is my job and I'm going to be here for life. And that's how I entered. And then millennials kind of feel like 
if I'm not moving up the ladder the way I need to be, then, you know, thanks for the opportunity and I'll see you later. And I'm at that, I call myself a senior millennial. Um, <laughs> so I'm at the crux there between the two. And so I started out that way and then I felt like, you know what, there's no opportunity for growth the way I want to see it for myself. And I really recognized that when I saw another SLP who had just started um, leave for another position. And when I saw my intern leave for his next internship, and I felt like I was in a cage, like watching them spread their wings and fly yeah, out. getting left behind. Yeah, exactly. And so it was at that point that I decided to take the Compton PESL accent modification program. And I took that course and built my website the next week. <laughs> Look at you. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're such a go-getter. I love it. So is that what you're going to start out doing is mostly accent modification? So that's what I've been doing on the side for the last five years. Um, so I have, I've been very fortunate in my situation. I started off seeing clients in the um, like lobby community room of my apartment complex. And the first apartment I was at, let me use our conference room for free. So talk about no overhead, <laughs> like it was perfect. And um, one of my clients was actually a resident of the same apartment complex. So it was just too perfect. Um, so I started off that way. And then I moved to another apartment complex and I paid to rent out that space um, when I needed it once a week and also traveled to some people. Um, and then now I'm finally doing the brick and mortar. But I plan to start with the accent modification, but I also want to build in adults who have lingering speech sound disorders that were never resolved from childhood um, and, and really focus on this market of kind of young urban professionals who feel like they need to refine their speech to make it to that next level on their career ladder. Okay, I'm sensing a huge theme from you, right? <laughs> yes. So not only are you trying to figure out how to like level up your career, right? And go up that career ladder, but you're also trying to help clients do that too. Right? Exactly. My clients are essentially me. So <laughs> we're very much the same demographic. Um, the only difference is most of my clients are male for some reason. Um, still wrapping my head around why that is, but, um, but very much that want to reach the next level in their career, in the same kind of age group, doing well at work, but wanting to do better, this constant strive for success. And this is the kind of client that I felt that I connect the most with and that I work with the easiest. That's awesome. Where do you find your clients or where do your clients find you? So the first one I got, actually, since we live in the same apartment community, my husband attended a wine and cheese tasting at our like clubhouse. And he was fixated on this guy who was like Swedish or something, who spoke multiple languages and thinking this will be my first client. And he had my business cards in his pocket all ready to go. And he was what a totally great husband. Yes. Networking for you. Exactly. So build your team. <laughs> Arm your family and friends with your business cards. But um, he's totally like ignoring the rest of the table. But he left business cards on the table after he left. And someone else picked them up. These two guys that he didn't even notice were there because he's fixated on this guy who speaks multiple languages. They mm -hmm. picked up the business card and gave me a call. So that is a lesson in a couple things. One, yes, have business cards with you all the time. I love the idea of arming your friends and family. I mean, literally, whether you're giving them business cards or they're, you're giving them information, you mm -hmm. just never know where some of these, you know, referrals are going to come from. And so you have to kind of always be on your game a little bit 
to kind of do this stuff. And it's also can be very serendipitous, right? Sometimes people, you know, you, you, um, you mentioned like, you know, putting together a website and that stuff. And we, you can say if you know if you've gotten any clients from there too, but um, sometimes websites take a while to get indexed in Google and right. and optimization takes a little while. So sometimes these little opportunities fall in your lap while you're waiting for something that's a little bit more planned. Exactly. You have to be open to that. And definitely search engine optimization has helped as well. Um, I'm listed on Google Maps, which I feel like a lot of people forget to do is get yourself listed on Google Maps. So when people search in their area, I come up right on the map. Like you can even put in, put me in your uh, like GPS app, put me in Waze or whatever and find me. So I did that even when I didn't have a brick and mortar location, even when I was operating out of the apartment complex room. Um, and that really helped people to find me and to locate me. And I've had um, contacts from people in business where their company is actually paid for the service. So it's not out of their pocket. Um, with the first couple, you know, they were paying out of their pocket. And so there was a little bit more that they wanted to negotiate their price. When people are paying with other people's money, they're just, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the time. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's also true. So, okay. So does that mean that for, for the Accent Mod um, stuff, you've been mostly private pay? Yeah, Accent Mod is completely private pay, which is what I love. One of the things I love about it is um, it's not a disability, so there is no insurance involvement. It has to be private pay. But, um, and I've heard from some members of the group, and I need to look into this myself, um, apparently some areas might have restrictions on how far in advance people can pay for speech therapy services. With the Accent Modification, not only do they pay in advance, but they pay for their either their whole package or a full month of installments um, up front. So I get a sizable chunk of that money up front so I can go ahead and, and pay for the materials that I need for them and get going. Mm -hmm. That's also good too, because the other thing that people complain about all, all the time is, you know, chasing people down for money, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, trying, fighting to get paid and whatnot. So I, I always advise people to whatever you can do um, to get paid up front and, you know, either collect payment on the day of service or to do it in advance, you're right, is like, you know, the way to do it because then people can't, oh, I forgot my checkbook, oh, I forgot, mm -hmm. you know, and nowadays, I don't know how people are actually paying you, but now, you know, a lot of people are using um, Square or, um, you know, different digital ways of- That's what I use on my website. And it was easy. The, the last one, I was so shocked because I have the Square set up on my website, but not expecting anyone to just jump in and pay for it like you would, you know, buying an order of clothes at a store, um, just so I can easily take people through it when they, when we meet in person. Someone purchased the full package, full pay, sight unseen, without ever speaking to me, without ever hearing my voice. I was like, whoa. <laughs> You just got an email notification that someone had just dropped a bunch of change? Yes, yes. That had to feel good. Yeah, you now have over $1,200 in your account because someone just bought a whole package. So that is the congratulations. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank that you. Definitely had to feel good. <laughs> so what do you, um, what is at, at this point, I think you said that you're, you've just resigned or you're in the, in the process of resigning, right? I just resigned last week, one week ago today. Okay, fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So what do you think um, a typical day might look for you in like a couple weeks once you're up and going? 
So I want to have a lot of flexibility in my schedule because my clients are all working adults. Most of them cannot come during regular business hours. And I do have competition where I am because I'm, you know, right on a college campus that does have their own speech clinic. So that's one of my worries is that they're competition. So how am I distinguishing myself? I'm trying to offer hours that they can't offer. Um, evenings, weekends. Um, I plan to spend a good portion of my time working with clients the other portion continuing to market and get more clients. But then I also um, have other things that are all folded under the umbrella of my private practice. So on Teachers Pay Teachers, I'm Autumn Bryant, speech language investigator. I have a cafe press store and I have a website called Expand Your Scope where I match speech language pathologists with each other for mentoring and shadowing experiences. And that's something that's like my little baby passion project that I would love to devote more time to, but I just haven't had it. And I know that's one of the main things that people ask of me is we want our matches sooner. Well, finally, I'm going to have some, some more time to try and make that happen for people. So I'm looking you forward to that. You're such a go-getter. I just I love you. that about you. So, so let me like kind of tackle each of those things one by one so that you get a little bit more time. Because one of the things that you've said that none of the people who I've interviewed yet have touched on is this idea of multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I was first getting started in private practice, I had a, a coworker. She was actually, um, her name's Catherine, and she's one of the people who inspired me to, to go this route. And I'll never forget what she told me. She told me that, you know, as a, she was a single woman. She said, as a woman, it's really important to not be dependent on one mm-hmm. source of income. Yes. You have to, and not to be, you know, and not to be dependent on a spouse for income. Right to make your own income, but not just one stream, right? So, you know, she owned property, she taught some fitness classes, she uh, worked at with me at Spalding Rehab Hospital where we used to work, um, she had her private practice, and she had like one or two other things that she did, you know, for income, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so smart, um, and that really got my wheels turning on a lot of things. Right. So, so what you have said is not only are you going to have your own private practice, but you named um, several other ways that you might be kind of getting some income. So the first one that you mentioned was teachers pay teachers. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's working out for you? So sure. So for those that don't know, Teachers Pay Teachers is a site where people can upload materials that they've created and um, people can download them. Some items are free and some items are paid, but then they have immediate electronic access to those resources. So I started this um, also about five years ago. (laughs) This is my little Christmas present to myself. I was on winter break from school and I'm just like, oh, let's see, I'll I'll throw something up there. And it it goes to show too that I apparently don't know what people want because I put some of the things that I've made that I love the most up there and nobody paid them any attention. And then meanwhile, just being in Facebook groups, people have asked, oh, does anyone have a resource for this? And I'm like, oh, I do. I'll put it on Teachers Pay Teachers so you can download it easily. And then those have been some of the ones that have just really taken off and flourished. And it definitely helps to provide side income. I mean, it fluctuates over the months and there's been some years that are better than others, but At this point, I'm practically doing nothing. It's passive income. I barely even have time to market it anymore, like some of the people that really go strongly with the marketing. So now that I have more time, I'd like to, you know, create more materials and do more marketing. But in the meantime, it's just giving me money that I'm not doing any work for. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's important. So if you're, if you are already producing some of these materials, guys, like upload them. Mm -hmm. try to sell them. And you're right. Sometimes you may, you may do things that like you think are fantastic, but 
evidently the rest of the world doesn't. Um, <laughs> and then other things could be like some, a really, um, important thing that either no one else has done or don't forget teachers pay teachers is also basically a search engine mm -hmm. so earlier when we were talking about search engine optimization you also have to be really thoughtful about how you name products that is so true your store so that people are going to find them based on the keywords but that's that is so true because when now when you google me if you google my name and um put slp in there the entire first page of google is all me and it's all like different ventures and things like that so you're gonna find me one way or another and it, it's awesome to see and it does help with um people being able to find you and know who you are and it just like that reach is so powerful like i've had people um, write to me and say, hey, I'm an instructor at a college and I've used your resource in my class when I'm teaching students. And it's like, holy cow, you know, for us, like regular clinicians who are not the researchers and the big names in the field, it's like little old me, you know, so that it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. So teachers pay teach. So you've got your private practice, you've got teachers pay teachers. What was, do you, I'm sorry that I'm blanking on it. The second thing. Um, I have a cafe press store. That one doesn't bring in a whole lot of money, but again, I'm not really stuff? doing any work. You just upload a design and then people can get it printed on a shirt or a mug. Um, there's one that I did that's really popular. That's a heart with all these different speech and language words in it. And I've put it up in a few different colors. So every now, every couple of months I get, you know, 50 bucks or something like that. And it's a small amount of money, but for the amount of work I did, eh, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, never say no to money. Okay, exactly. cool. So that's like a little side project too that may, maybe you'll beef up, maybe, right. maybe not. Mm -hmm. Tell us all about Expand Your Scope. So Expand Your Scope, um, I created, kind of. it was this budding idea that I had shortly after I saw my intern and this other SLP leave and start spreading their wings. And I felt trapped because I felt like I've been in school so long, I don't feel like I can do another aspect of the field. My, my clinical confidence is not there. Um, and so how can I navigate adding more to my scope of practice? So accent modification was one way to kind of inch something in there that was kind of in my comfort zone because I've already worked with a lot of students on speech sounds. So it was nearest to something I did. It wasn't as scary as voice or swallowing. Um, but I wanted a resource for us as clinicians that would allow us to connect with each other because I felt like the expectation a lot is, you know, you go in shadow when you're a student or when you're a clinical fellow. And then once you're certified, that's kind of cut off. Um, but in other healthcare professions, it's not. You see practicing physicians go in shadow each other, spend weeks or months at another doctor's um, site and really learn from them and have like these little mini internships even after they're already practicing and it was so uncommon in our field that when i would arrange these experiences on my own um people would assume i was a student because it was just unfathomable to them that a, a certified clinician would go and shadow another certified clinician even though i was often older than the clinicians that i was observing they would assume that i was a student um, and so i'm like well we need to change the culture around this being part of our standard practice in our standard um, development of our clinical skills. So I played with different ways to do this, to match people up. And now I've matched um, hundreds of people with each other for distance mentoring relationships, for intern, in, um, for shadowing experiences. And I, I'm really so happy. I feel like this is something that needed to exist. I tried to give this idea away. Nobody would take it. And yeah. my personality is, 
you know, I just want something done. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm like, I'll do it myself. So that's what, what a, what a cool thing, right? Because you saw a need, right? And maybe even you felt that need of Mm -hmm. wanting to like shadow and see what was going on. And then you created a service, right? That allows people to sign up both to be mentors and to yes. the shadowers or whatever, right? And I think it's so helpful, not even in terms of your just clinical skills, but you take CEU courses and they tell you that, well, this is how it should happen and this is the ideal, but then you don't get to see, okay, well, what if the doctor interrupts right then? Or what if the nurse comes in and does this? And how do these real world factors influence the delivery of care? And so I feel like this is so powerful of a tool for people to see those in-person experiences. And I've tried to talk to Asha about doing something like this. And they just, um, they, they have their focus on other issues right now. And so they're like, you know, you go ahead, you do your thing. But I feel like it's, it's something that I wanna see change the way that we as clinicians think about continuing education. Well, right, because people get into this field and they think, oh, it's so broad, I can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And yet we tend to pick, you know, a small avenue, right? you know, whether you call it a niche or not, you kind of get into like, okay, well, I'm a hospital person and mm-hmm. then within hospital, I'm, you know, an outpatient person and um, to try to, to switch either um, settings altogether or even roles within a setting yes. can be daunting and people may just remain, I mean, for lack of a better word, trapped in a job that they don't like because they're afraid to try something new. And also our preferences change. I mean, we grow older, we have different life experiences. I've heard from people who have said, you know, I've worked with peds all my life and then my mom had a stroke and now I'm, I'm so fascinated and I want to do that and I don't know kind of how to start. Or, you know, I've been in the skilled nursing facilities all my life and now I have two little ones and I want that school schedule, but I feel like I don't remember how to work with children in that capacity. So it really is about also helping people build their confidence that they can, they can do this and have that support system to be able to, to make the transition. I think that's great. You, you got it like all figured out. You've just been <laughs> waiting for the right moment to have mm-hmm. the time to yeah. do all of this. And then, you know, one of the other things I mentioned to you earlier, too, is I'm kind of a techie, and I got the reputation um, in my previous district of being the techie SLP. So I've developed little tricks and things that I'll do with Google and, and things like that, and I presented at my state conference. Well, I'd love to be able to share that information with more people. So I've been contacted about some potential speaking engagements. I thought about going to consult with different school districts. So I really got my thinking cap on on how I can diversify in many different directions. They're all speech related at this point, but I want kind of this broad network of services that I provide. Yeah, and it's keeping your brain alive. Mm -hmm. I can can almost just see like the wheels turning (laughs) in your head. And I'm sure that it's, you know, some of these ideas you probably get like jumping right into, keeps you up at night because you're excited about it. And I think it sounds like, again, you've just been waiting for like the right moment. So um, if we could fast forward to, you know, the future, I don't know, six months, a year or whatever, where do you hope that you'll be at that time? Mostly in regard to your private practice. Yeah. I I hope that I will have um, a schedule that pays the bills pretty much um, that that is sustainable but still gives me time to relax and enjoy my surroundings. I'm right here right off of Lake Michigan so I walked up to the lake yesterday and just you know I want to be thriving but I also want enough downtime to really enjoy this new this new space that I'm in. 
I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you already, um, you shared, um, oh, here's the other thing I wanted you to talk about. Um, can you talk about branding mm. and, and how, you, this is something that I know from various Facebook groups that you're into. Yes. So, so tell us a little bit about um, how you feel like speech pathologists can brand themselves specifically related to private practice. So, so branding is something that I started thinking about pretty early. Um, I, my very first course in advertising was while I was still in high school, um, but I took it at the Columbia College here in Chicago. And so I feel like that's kind of shaped the way I've looked at things for a long time. And so I, I always see that aspect. And I think there's a lot of uh, misconception around branding. And people feel like a brand is something that you push out. But a brand is what people tell you you are. So, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. I can say, you know, I'm smart and I'm beautiful and I'm kind, but if the rest of the world says you're a meanie, then my brand is you're a meanie, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's what you project. Now you can try to influence it and you definitely want to try and influence it, but the brand is the thought that people have about you in their minds. So when, when we think about it from that perspective, we have to think about kind of the sociology or sorry, the psychology of branding as well what things um, play a factor in that. Color plays a factor. Mm -hmm. So for your private practice, when you're choosing your logo, you wanna think about your color schemes. Um, some people don't like to, to think like this, that color influences us and they say it's biased and mm -hmm. okay, it is, but that's kind of the reality. So if I see a logo and it's baby pink and baby blue, I'm gonna think it's for infants. You know, right. If or see, same okay. with like bright red, right? Bright red tends to be kind of an alerting color, mm -hmm. like a fast color or yeah. like a, not really a fighting color, but I don't know, maybe people like associate it with like high energy illness and yes, yeah. high energy, passion. People associate orange with like warmth and growth, green with natural. Um, so you want to think about how color scheme uh, plays a role. You also want to think about memorability. And so this is one thing that I've said that I feel like is going to hurt people's feelings. So let me brace myself. But I feel like we can't all be speech bubbles. Like we just can't all have a speech bubble logo because if I'm a parent or, you know, someone who's your potential client and I know I saw a speech business and I want to go back and find that one and I'm thinking, oh, it was the one with the speech bubble. How do I find you? Like, how do I remember what that was, you know? So I think we need to think about how do we stand out in a field of other speech pathologists? How do we stand out from each other? And that's something that I've had to speak to a lot of people about in terms of resumes within the field as well, which is something else that I do is look at people's resume because that's your brand, right? That's your personal brand. So how do you distinguish yourself? What sets you apart in the mind of others? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is important because not only, so whether you're in a competitive area or not, right? So some people are in more rural areas, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you know, in Chicago, in the Chicago area, there's probably a good number of SLPs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, and especially you mentioned earlier that, you know, the university clinic and how are you going to set that apart? So, so part of that is certainly branding. Part of that is what we talked about earlier, which is related to what services uh, you right. provide and how you provide them and either what you're like, for example, telepractice is a, is a different and, you know, newish service delivery model. So if someone is offering just regular therapy and then someone else is offering telepractice, 
that is something that you know sets them apart. So yeah, you have you definitely have to think about what those things are and really try to get that going from the beginning so that yeah. you can put that into motion so that as you become more well known, um, it, it will grow with you. And I, I try to think about for me, since I'm not trying to work with kids, even though I've been a pediatric therapist all my life, is what will let the consumer know as soon as they see my page that this is not for children. So I can kind of weed out those calls that I don't want and my ideal client can find me and I stand out on a page when they search for other speech pathologists that they recognize, oh, this is the one for me. This is the one for adults. So I'm careful with, you know, the imagery that I use to try and convey that message to the consumer and to the public. Yeah, and it's not, I would imagine that you're going to go for a little bit more of a corporate look, right? Exactly. If, you, if your clients are, are younger and male and mm -hmm. um, business people, right, then you, you want to have your website and your materials and all of your stuff could be conveying that. One thing that I love, I actually posted in your group in, in private practice beginners um, about some, some outfits and some color schemes that I was looking at for how I would dress in my private practice. And I said, based on this with no information, what kind of client would you think I work with? And one of your group members said, accent modification and voice. And it's like my exact target population. So she was able to pick that up just from the, the style of dress. And I think that's amazing. And that just shows the power of how we're communicating even without our words. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think those are all just really fantastic tips and take home messages and things for uh, people to really think about and think about what are you doing now? And if what you're doing now is great, then keep going with it. If what you're, if you really spend some time thinking about it and think, you know what, maybe I'm not portraying the right image or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I keep getting all these calls for you know pediatrics and but I'm an adult person and how can I change that? I mean the the advice that Autumn just gave us I think is really important to think about this whole thing um, a little bit more I don't know abstractly or something and think about what are you conveying to people um, so that they will self-select and not waste their time, not waste your time. Um, by, you know, going to the website and understanding who you are and what you're all about and whether or not you can help them. But then in terms of building referral relationships, I've already um, connected with a couple of other of your group members who are in my area and are offering pediatric services. So if I get called, then I know someone that I can say, I don't offer those services, but this person does. And hopefully when they get calls for adults, they'll say, I don't offer those services, but Autumn does. And, you know, have that kind of exchange of a referral network. Oh, that makes me so happy too. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Yeah, we don't have to be in competition with each other, right? We can be collaborators and we can, you know, even if you're seeing the same, even like two practices that do accent mod, right? Mm -hmm. What if one practice really like, is really good at say like Eastern European accents, right? And one person is, is better with, you know, like Spanish, Portuguese, or right? Whatever. Even mm -hmm. in the same, in theory, the same kind of practice that could be seen in competition, boom, you can do that. Or like you mentioned, the university clinic, you know, maybe if the university clinic knows that you're also doing this, but, and they get a referral for someone who just cannot come during the day, right? they may just say, well, go see, you know, Anna Bryant, because we just, we can't, we, we want you to be helped. We can't do it. Go see her. And I've already reached out and let them know that I'm in town. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. Any other parting words of wisdom, advice, takeaways, or anything that you have for our listeners? 
So kind of happenstance, but I think like the, the fairies of location must have been with me because on my block is right next door is a clinical psychologist. Around the corner is a physical therapist. Um, before you turn the corner is a dentist. And so I have all these other healthcare clinicians that I have not gone to meet yet because I want to have my marketing materials and everything in order and have the best presentation. But there's all these people right here that I'm going to get to meet. And I live in an area where they said, we're about supporting small business. And so we have all these small business fairs and street fairs and things like that, where you can market yourself. And I, I just feel so fortunate and so optimistic about what's to come. So I think, you know, location, 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 the, the old saying, but I think it's gonna be so true for me is to really think about where you are, think about convenience to public transportation. I'm right across from public transportation and free parking. So, you know, consider all those factors as well. And I hope they work out for me and work out for all your group members as well. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, the sky is the limit with you, mm -hmm. right? So I, I can't wait to see where you are six months from now. And when, when we um, check back in with you, yes, <laughs> I cannot wait to hear what you're up to and, and what not only how the private practice is doing, but maybe if anything's changed on Teachers Pay Teachers or Cafe Press or Expand Your Scope. I'm just so impressed that you are coming up with these ideas and but taking action and figuring mm -hmm. out how to do it. And I, I can only imagine that in the coming months, you're gonna figure out how to just put it into like hyperdrive now. And who knows, you may even come up with five, more income streams. I don't right. know. And I guess my, my parting words would be, you know, with me, just like with anybody else, not every idea is a winner, but the point is that you, you try it, you test it out, you see if it's going to be viable. If it seems like it's working, keep going with it. If it doesn't, then transfer your energy to something else. But the point is that you keep moving forward. Words to live by. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Autumn. And we will get in touch. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing you around. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Private Practice Success Stories. I hope that you were impressed, inspired, and are ready to take action. Speaking of which, do you need help starting your private practice or taking it to the next level? then join the Private Practice Solution. Inside of our exclusive members area, you'll discover fabulous time-saving resources that will help you be the successful private practitioner you've always wanted to be. There's also a vibrant community of smart clinicians working together to help more people while making more money. If you're looking for step-by-step -step resources, member discounts, and a supportive community of like-minded people, consider this your invitation to join us. So go ahead and sign up now at www.theprivatepracticesolution.com. See you in the members area. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.